Yeah, so I wrote a rap song. It's called 50 and Fresh, you know? It's, uh, I said it's called 50 and Fresh. Um, all right, let me see here. Gonna do, okay, looks like we're rolling. Um, so, all right, I guess, uh, let's roll. I'm, I'm, I'm rich. Well, I'm rich. I'm one of the two guys on Block Island. Well, I guess it's just me here today because uh, I've got a very special guest that I'm going to be interviewing here in the studio, and it's none other than the man who's a mystery to many. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get some answers today to some crazy questions. I, I have some, but I'm here with uh, none other than Dr. Wes Chesterson. Hey, Rich. Hey, Doc. How Thank, are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, this has been a long, long time coming. It really has been. Yeah, this is big for you. This is huge. Because Well, we'll get, it'll kind of come to light why this is so big that you're you're kind of, you know, you're divulging dr west chesterson and his character and uh, yeah and all that stuff do you so, want to uh, do you want to just do it right now and 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 dispense with all the drama uh, sure right, i ahead. mean you know so why don't i who no, is doc west chesterson well my name is mark scortino right i'm your co-host on the two guys on block island podcast yes dr west chesterson is my alter ego okay i created well i don't know if i created him or if he just kind of you know came came out of me somehow but up to now you've sort of kept two separate lives I have, with I, that i have not yet publicly disclosed that i am officially ever i've never officially announced that yes it is me i am dr westchester i am batman i'm you, batman you are dr i am iron man so there it is this is a big bomb this is it i am dr yeah. westchesterson right so you know if you see Doc Westchesterson performing near you, listeners, that you'll get to see one of the guys on Block Island, yeah. Mark Scortino, that's right, performing yeah. as Doctor Westchesterson. Right. But just do me a favor and don't don't tell everybody. If you're listening to the podcast, let's like keep it to us. You know, yeah, just, just between listeners. us and our listeners. Right? Inside inside listener only information. Yeah, let's keep the joke going. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is kind of fun. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, and it's- I think. Do you feel there was people who didn't? separate the two like they would come see doc westchesterson perform and have no idea that, oh yeah i had you know so yeah when when it started popping off in in western massachusetts years ago like you know i there were literally people who thought i was an actual doctor and they would i had wait some, you're not no oh well, that explains <laughs> how that thing went really wrong last week yeah but, sorry about that well, i got some professional good Help. Yeah, I'm better now. Yeah, well, the plunger was interesting. <laughs> anyway, it was a uh, yeah, it was like weird. People would be like, it, literally, Facebook messaging me asking me for like medical advice, mostly about weed, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I have to be, and and I'd have to come clean with them because I didn't want to like, you know. I was like, look, I'm. I'll be honest with you, I'm not really a doctor, you know. Like, right. If you're having anxiety, you should probably go to a doctor and and. Yeah, I mean, maybe cannabis will help you, but like, I, I mean, I'm not going to officially recommend it to you. You do kind of have a PhD in good times. Well, that's you know, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I, mean, I don't know if that's a thing or not. Yeah, but I'll I, I'll write it on a document for you. Cool. You know. Yeah. All right. So, how would you describe Doctor Westchesterson? All right. So, Doctor Westchesterson is a it's a character that I that I created. Yeah. And it started in uh, 2012, and the way it happened was that. Um, you know, I've been obviously doing audio production for a long time and I have a little recording studio at my house and, uh, I was upgrading 
the studio. I was getting rid of a lot of old gear that I didn't need or didn't work anymore, buying some new stuff. Um, one of the things that I came across was what's called an 808, a Roland 808 drum machine. Now, this is like that drum machine that you hear on all of the hip-hop albums throughout right. the 80s, the classic. It's classic. It lays down the beat. It's like, yeah, but it's it's very mechanical. You, you yeah. can tell it's a, 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 a machine. You know, it's it doesn't sound right, like drums, right. but for some reason, this drum machine just became the sound of hip-hop. Yes. So anyway, I, I came across one of those, got a good deal on it. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. So I bought it. And so then I, you know, I got a couple other synthesizers and I started messing around with these hip hop beats. And uh, then I made up this one little rap. It was actually my first song called Shakedown Babylon. And uh, I recorded it just for kicks. I mean, the lyrics are stupid. They're all silly. They don't no. make sense. Nothing makes sense. But uh, I sent it around to my friends, some some buddies of mine. And they were like, dude, they're like, this is actually pretty good. You should do more of these. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So... I made a little video for it too. Like I shot it on my like home video camera cause I didn't have like phone cameras that b- back then. And, um, I was like, but I can't be me cause that's so no, no phone camera. So when was this? What? 2012, 2012. Yeah. Okay. Sometime like in the winter of two, like t- t- between, yeah. Winter, 2011, 2012. Okay. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I made this little bit and I'm like, but I can't just be myself cause that'll be stupid. Mark Scortino. He's a rapper. No, it's like, you know, so I, I, had this uh this brown uh polyester suit that i bought for like a costume party or some halloween you know a few years disco back. night whatever yeah one of those things <laughs> fits and, all those molds. yeah and an orange shirt which is the colors of my high school brown and orange agawam high school you want to avoid that suit on any flights in case there's a fire that's one of the clothings you shouldn't wear yeah it'll just laminate it- you <laughs> <laughs> you won't even have time for the oxygen mask. No, it's just nothing. like yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sorry, so, I interrupted. No, <laughs> not at all. No, so that's uh, so. Anyways, I'm like, okay, well, I'll put a brown and orange suit on, and that'll be my thing. Because you know, like you know, um, hip hop guys, they have like colors, and and there's that whole gang culture, Crips and Bloods. They have red and blue, and uh, you know, like certain hip hop acts. When you see them, like you know, N.W.A., they always wore like black Levi jeans yeah. and, ja- and black Raiders gear. And there was always just this kind of aesthetic. So I'm like, okay, well, that'll be this guy's thing. He's going to wear brown and orange. Those are going to be his colors. Because like I said, those are my Agawam high school colors. Like, right. And um, so then I made this little video and I'm like, I don't, what am I going to call it? And then, you know, our dog Lightning, who yep. recently passed, um, Bass and Hound, he was, he used to sit upright on, on, on the love seat in our living room, <laughs> like upright with his yeah. arm on the armrest. Like, like if he could talk, he would be like, what's up? Yes, I have a picture of it. And one day, I'm sitting there one morning and Lightning's in his position, just sitting there, and I'm having coffee and Katie comes down the stairs and she looks at the dog. She goes, oh, well, excuse me, Dr. Westchesterson. Like it just came out of her mouth. Oh, really? Yeah, she named, and I don't know why she said that. I don't know where it came from. It just like came out of her. And I'm like, oh. You thought she was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was talking to the dog, but I'm oh. like, that's it. That's the name. That's perfect. Yeah. So I stole it. So Katie came up with the name. It's a fun name to say when you're drunk. Yeah. I've tried. I'm like, remember tomorrow for Zygus Chesterson. Yeah. And it's funny because people are like, how do you, what is it? West Worcestershire. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of people butcher it at, you know, when they're trying to say it. Exactly. Especially at the beginning. And I talk them through. I'm like, West. Chester Sun. Right. And a lot of people yeah. think it has to do with Westchester County, New York, which it doesn't. 
There was a movie where the guy's like making up a name. I forget it was a comedy, and it, it might have been Fish Called Wanda. No, uh, and, and he's like, "Oh, my name is Doctor Manfringe." And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, was it Fletch? Maybe it was Fletch or whatever. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah Doctor Cocktoistoy. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, there's it's, so many. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so that's how it happened. That's how the name came. Katie looked at the dog yeah. and said, "Oh, look at you, Mister Doctor Westchesterson." And yeah, and it stuck. Yeah, it stuck. And then again, so I put this little video out on YouTube, and I got like exactly like twelve views, which is about yeah how many friends i have and uh you know but i was like oh this is fun whatever so i just made some more and then i think i did like four or five or six of them and then i uh i did one called 413 which is the area code western mass area code yeah and then i that um, one went nuts okay so that's where it really kind of popped now this is so this even if it wasn't you performing had you produced any kind of hip-hop stuff before mm. for anybody else nope. or anything no never performed no nope. never Nothing. performed so this was just right out of the gate yeah and you decided to go that route i'm just gonna go ahead and just so i did like six like i tend to work in batches of six songs yeah with the hip-hop stuff you know i'll start with like 12 like you know getting the the basic things down and then it usually ends up being like six of them are, are decent so i i've finished those six and then i'll next you know i'll next batch will be another six um, so that song 413 was in the first six and I just made, I had my buddy Chris Conway, uh, who's a awesome friend and he's a video, produ- video production kind of guy, computer graphics, all that. He helped me make, uh, videos for the first few songs, which we all did on a green screen in my basement. And so those, those songs were uh, called like high school girls, um, Asian stripper in a school girl outfit, bitches on the reg. <laughs> Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, very family friendly stuff. Stuff you learned about while attending church, <laughs> exactly. Clearly, yes. Which you're yeah. no longer welcome. A good Catholic back, boy. probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my my flesh starts burning if I get within 20 feet of a church. I've seen 413. You did not do that on a green screen. No. So, okay. Okay. So that's that's where I was like, I did that, and I'm like, oh, I got an idea for this. You know. So I called. You know, Trevor Holden. Yes. So Trevor, I know from out here, Trevor's a wedding photographer, shot my wedding. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, because I used to DJ weddings and I just knew him from around Block Island. So I called up Trevor and I'm like, hey, Trev, what are you doing um, for a couple days? I, I, I have a show. I had a show in Agawam at this bar called Headquarters. And um, so I was doing my hip hop show on this particular Friday night. I was like, let me get you up here for a Thursday and Friday or Friday, Saturday, whatever. And um, we'll drive around Western Mass and we'll just shoot all these locations of places that are like kind of iconic Western Mass joints and things. And in the video, they gel with the song. It's, yes. You know, the way you, you, you did it, I thought it was pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah. So then that night we uh, shot, we, I did the show and Trevor shot the, the show as well. So in that video, you know, at the end, there's elements of from the, that show I did at the bar and we slapped it all together. And then um, I uploaded it on uh, April 20th, 420. Yeah. <laughs> and put it out there. I get it. And uh, we were going up to visit our friends, Eric and Sarah, up in um, Westford, Mass, out, you know, side of Boston. And so I upload it and I share it on Facebook and uh, in the morning. And uh, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm like, wow. Like by like noon, it had like 2,000 views already. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is, People are watching this. Cool. So we get in the car, two-hour drive up there, get up there, uh, show the video to Eric and Sarah. When I go to click on, it's got like 5,000 views. And I'm like- That's pretty quick. Yeah. I'm like, this is, what's going on here? It's borderline viral. 
Well, so then, you know, we were hanging out all day drinking <laughs> and uh, yeah. we keep checking back in. And like, by the time I went to bed, it was like 16,000 views in one day. And yeah, in less than a day and like, you know, 10 hours, 11 hours. And so woke up the next morning and it was like up to 40 something thousand, 48,000 or 60,000. And then it stopped for some reason. And I guess YouTube has an algorithm where if you start going viral, quote unquote, it like it stops all the view counts at one point until it can catch up with itself and verify, I guess, that it's not like Russian bots or whatever. Oh, right, right. So yeah. um, then when it finally released that thing, uh, like we looked and it was like at like, I don't know, 86, 70,000, something crazy like that. That's when my phone started ringing. So like news outlets from Western Mass started like, reach finding out who I was and, and, and asking, they're like, who can you, can we interview you? And I'm like, yep, I'll be right there. So I said, I got to go. So the next day I drove back to Western mass and I was on like rock one Oh two. I was on all the radio stations, all the TV stations, and it just went bananas. And so I think it topped out at something like 130,000 views. That's pretty that good. Week. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's videos of like that, the panda bear that, that sneezes and, and that's got like 20 billion views, but right. that's really viral. But yeah. this was like, for me, that was viral. Yeah. That, that's really good. Actually. It was cool. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Well, you know, so, you know, you began as a hip hop artist, but you know, was it a, was it supposed to be a joke, a parody? Yeah. I mean, you kind of said a little bit about that, but I mean, it was just supposed to be, you were kind of like, what the hell? I'll just have a little fun. So I was goofing around for sure. And all the songs are funny, but um, they're not like, there's this, there's this genre of hip hop called nerdcore. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but not it's like, all. it's basically nerdy white guys that are, you know, it's, it's more satirical. So uh, my stuff, I think, is it's funny for sure. I want it to be funny, but you know, my my, my huge influence is the Beastie Boys. I, I was mean, just gonna say, how totally. about the Beastie Boys? Yeah. And, and their stuff is hilarious, hilarious. But it's not like a joke. You know what I mean? It's not like a, a satire right. of, of hip hop. It's they're they're real hip hop artists, and I'm not saying I'm a real. I'm trying. Well, to I be. think you you are. Well, I put my best foot forward. You know, you know, you you put a video up of a hip hop a music video and you got a hundred and something thousand downloads. I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. Like, I, yes, it, but yeah, so I don't, it's not, yeah, they're funny, but it, and it's a, but I get, I don't, I guess it's not a joke. You know what I mean? I know I'm what not, you're saying. It's, it's a weird line, but that's the cool thing because when I do these shows and I look out in the audience and there's some people who like just happen to wander into the captain Nick's or wherever. And they just happen to be on block. They don't know what's good. They're like, Oh, let's go into this bar. See what's happening. Tonight. And, they, and this actually happened to me on the beach like a few weeks ago, some guy came up to me. He's like, are you Dr. Westchester? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh my God. He's like me and my buddy. He's like, I hadn't seen my friend from high school in years. And we finally got together for a buddy's weekend. We came out to block and we just ended up at Captain Nick's and you were doing your show. And uh, he's like, we both just sat, stood there at the bar. We both had drinks and neither of us said anything to each other for like three songs. And then he looked over at me and he goes, Am I am I crazy or is this actually good? <laughs> and he's like, dude, I didn't want to say anything. I don't know what this is, but it's good, right? And they're like, yeah. Well, and, and that's how a lot of uh, great things happen. It's it's about being a little different, you yeah. know, finding a little niche that's not yeah. identical to the Beastie Boys, but not a hardcore gangster rapper. Yeah. You know, you're bringing some joy and fun. You can't help but smile when you're watching the show. Thank I, you. That's what I can say. Thank you. You know, I love it. <laughs> and I got to be honest, after a couple of years working the door on a night where, you know, 
all of a sudden, about a half hour before Dr. West Chesterson, it was like the draw. All of a sudden, a line <laughs> formed, and people were into it. They, yeah. they are into it. They, yeah. they love coming to the shows. It's fun. They're a uh, lot of fun. And I mean, I remember the day I told Katie when I'm like, I think I'm going to try and do this, like, for real, like, live, you know, like, get up there. My first show was here at Nick's. Yeah. And uh, it was like, I've never been i've never performed hip-hop or rapped in front of people and it was i was i don't get nervous playing music anymore because i've been doing it since i was a kid it's just like you do a gig you do a gig but i was like butterflies like i puked before the show wow i threw up i was so fucking nervous a little bit of stage fright total stage fright wow yeah i wouldn't expect that from you well i was I, i guess that's a different ball game than when you're I mean, piano bar, you're dealing with songs that you know, and yeah. people are singing along, and you're not necessarily the full focal point of attention, but in this case, you're not one member in a band. You're not just playing along in a bar room full of people singing songs. You're 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 the point of interest. All eyes All on eyes you. All eyes on you. Right? So from the, what, how, how did you develop? There had to be a little bit of time from... You know, you get in the machine and playing around. So yeah. how did you develop to, to, to settle on this being the character, Doc West Jefferson? Well, I don't know. It just kind of uh, started, you know, I've, I don't know if you know, probably my brain's a very interesting place in, in there. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And, I never uh, noticed. <laughs> so one uh, of these nights we should report a, record a podcast of you and i after 10 bourbons yeah that sounds then like get a, a really lips in there bad idea <laughs> yeah no not good <laughs> how to lose listeners yes and yeah how to, how to destroy your 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 burgeoning podcast I'm sorry did he just say um how to develop i don't know this the story i figured now once it started getting out there i'm like okay well i got to come up with a story for this guy right he's got to have a story so Here's here's Dr. Westchester's story. And there's a song I wrote called Make It Rain, which kind of tells it's all, all that it's a video. They're all on YouTube and whatever. But um it's kind of his backstory. So basically, Dr. Westchesterson was like a Doogie Hauser type of kid, you know, ultra brilliant. Uh, but he was also a huge stoner. Like he loved weed from a very young age. Uh, he used to pick tobacco in the fields of Connecticut, which is a tr- that part's true. I actually did do that. that you did a- that as a job. I did. That was my first job when I was 13. Wow. I picked tobacco and I did pick with a bunch of Jamaicans that they would bring up. And uh, that was the first time I smoked weed when I was 13 with one of these Jamaican guys in the tobacco field. And uh, <laughs> at least you got out of grammar school. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I made mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, Oh my but God. That was it. And then I never, I didn't do it again till like college, but um, anyway, so that his backstory, he, he, that's how he gets introduced to weed. And this guy, give, this Jamaican guy gives him some seeds and he plants it and starts growing this amazing weed. Cause he's just got this green thumb and he's just a brilliant little, like doogie, like I said, doogie yeah. Hauser kind of guy. And then uh, he graduates from high school early, and then he goes out to Oregon and goes to medical school in uh, Oregon and um, becomes a doctor, uh, <laughs> you know, like a medical doctor. But he's like one, on, on the side, he's like one of the forerunners of the medical marijuana movement underground. Like, like a Dr. Greenleaf underground. Yeah, totally. So that's it. And then he, he's out one night uh, accepting this award at this big banquet that you know, they're having for him because he's like done something really great or something. And, uh, on the way home, he gets busted with 20 pounds of weed in the trunk of his car. (laughs) And so he gets arrested and, uh, he's out on bail 
and then he skips town. He goes on the lamb. So we don't know where Dr. Westchesterson was for tw- for a 20-year period between the mid-90s and uh, 2012-ish. Is that Do you think there's still any warrants out for his this character's arrest? No, I cleared that up um, at some point. Okay. It was like it was expunged or something happened. So yeah. it's a very loose backstory. There's a lot you could do with it, but there yeah. is a story. But that's what I would put out like on the website and uh, when people would ask, you know, who is this guy? That was the bio that I was that was out there. So, you know, so again, like when when the 413 thing popped off in Western Mass, people were like, is this real? Like is this right. true? And I was like, yep. Well, and on those questions come to, I mean, didn't like, I think a month or two ago, you put up kind of a joke, you and um, talking about buying the place uh, that was up for sale that your high school prom was at and stuff. <laughs> you mean Triad? Our nightclub? Is, is that Triad? Yeah, and you were going to open a nightclub called Triad. And like so many people came up to me and are like, wow, so he's not coming out to Block Island anymore. He's going to be running the new place. Yeah. Like, well, it was accepted fully as fact. Well, maybe it is. <gasps> We don't Maybe know. it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's not a joke. Well, Maybe that is real. Wow. I'll never tell. So he so he pops on the radar about ten years ago, and then you started to do kind of a, the character build. Didn't yeah. didn't I back before you and I really knew each other very well? <gasps> yes. You drafted me for a role in a video. So I shot. I did it, and there's a little twelve part. I think like they're all like little three minute episodes, like little episodes. Correct. Of yeah. uh, I did. I had like I tr- I was trying to do like a little online show, and so they are still up there, but I took them down. They're unlisted. Right. But because uh, they weren't that. I mean, well, they weren't that good. They were fun. They were fun, but they weren't. They weren't great. Yeah, and you I, you came out to me basically today. I heard it, you done some acting, and I need someone to play Captain Captain Nick. Nick. You yeah, played Captain, Captain Nick, Nick with a yeah. pirate. Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was basically that that whole little twelve episode thing was how Doctor Westchesterson ended up on Block Island. Wash ashore. Yeah, yeah. He washes ashore literally. Yep. And, and then uh, he just comes along and starts meeting different people. He meets uh, Andre, who's the lighthouse keeper, and uh, Andre lets him sleep in the in the southeast lighthouse, and. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, maybe I should put it back up at some point. It's really bad though. Well, why it's not? not that good. Hey, maybe we could reshoot them all. We could, you know. Yeah, with, or these with, could be like the flashback with today's I... technology. Ooh, compared to them, that's true. I mean, right now you got the iPhone cameras. Are <laughs> they're ten, amazing? They're ten times better than what you could buy top shelf. People for are shooting yeah, shoot movies on them and everything. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think it's taking a little bit of the pizzazz out of making movies. Well, I, I do have a music video for another song that I'm going to be doing where I have something for you. I'll oh. tell you about it after. Oh well, not, yeah. well I wasn't really searching for a role, but well, if you, too if, bad. You, if you need it, I'll do it. You know, I need your you skills, know, man. I, am. I need your skills. I know. So do you still maintain the social media presence? Are you still on that? Is I there do a Facebook my best. page? Is yeah, there yeah. yeah. I, I mean Doc Westerson has his own Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook, Insta, TikTok. Yeah. I even have a TikTok account. Really? Yeah. And I, and a Twitter, but I don't use it. TikTok from a man of your advanced years. I know. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like anyone who looks at it is like, Yeah, that's well bad. that's not That's probably a good way to be about it rather yeah. than uh, you know, I think there's a lot of the younger generation now, it's like that's how they live and die. Yeah, that's it's, it. it. It's not whether anybody likes you in person. It's that your TikTok's popular. Yeah, pretty much. You know? Yeah. So I would be an epic fail. Yeah. Well, early on, I was really pushing it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to blow this up. I'm going to be an influencer. And it's like, no, you're not. You're well, fucking, you're a middle-aged guy. Like, yeah, no it's kind of hard, but you never know. Yeah. And then, it, and then you know, it was also like you got into the, all the political crap. I don't do that anymore. But like- 
you know, it's fun. I like it because like there really are. It's like I've met a shitload of nice, awesome people through social yeah. media. You know, and you never know the sneezing panda. I mean, all of a sudden yeah. something catches somebody's yeah. eye and it becomes I, a you know. I honestly don't care anymore. But don't you find though that in creative things you have these resurgences where you're like, all right, I'm going to get back at yes. it. like you did. You well, we're going to get into it in a little while yeah, about yeah, yeah. your most recent endeavors. And, yeah, and you know changing so all right we touched briefly but your first gig ever live yeah. as doc westchesterson was here at captain nick yes okay how many songs did you have and did you perform on that night <sighs> not many i think i like 12 or 30 i had jeff uh, so i have i have a dj yeah i had a, my friend um uh jeff messier yeah who his he his dj name is dj uh lock mess yeah because he's from windsor locks lock. many, many years as the dj on disco night here yes he yep. also yep, yep D, uh, disco night and then um but i called him t for his dr westchesterson stage name instead of dj lock mess we turned him into dj hot mess nice. so i think for that show he came out and spun like old school hip hop for the first hour. And then I came out, I think I had an hour long show at that point. And then he spun the rest of the night. So it wasn't like, and I did some other gags. I think I played the guitar and I did like, uh, maybe I had a piano set up and I did a couple piano. Tunes. That's impressive though. 10 songs. Like you would, you didn't dip your toes in. You didn't get up there and do two songs and to feel the water. You went for it. Yeah. I went. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard memorizing all the lyrics? Like I know no. you, the, some of the songs you do when you're playing blushing brides, or uh, you know, on the front deck with the the booze beggars. Yeah, they're, they're songs you've done so many times over and over again. But these are not songs you get to perform. You know, like you do some of these other songs a hundred times a summer. Right. You know, like is how long well, do you have to prepare before doing a live show? So here's the thing: when you see like, do you ever see that movie Hustle and Flow? Yeah. Okay. Where, you know, like, he's like, this is it, man. This is my one shot. Or like Eminem, 8 Mile, where they're like, you get one chance. The, we're going to hit record and you get one chance. That's not how it is. No. I, I work on these vocal tracks. Like, I'll, I do 100, 200 takes of these vocal tracks. Okay. So by the time I'm done getting the take that ends up on the recording, I've I've sung, I've ra I've rapped the song, I've I've done the lyrics, like, 200 times so they just you just that's how i memorize them it's during the recording process basically. i believe that you know because so at, at, by the time you get to the show it's just they're already up there i may have said it before but i sometimes i'll often learn lines they make fun of me they call they say i'm learning my lines on set but i do it in one like we do the one take yeah and i now i've walked through it and talked through it yeah and now i got it like right. it, it only takes a couple times if you actually went through it whereas you sit home and just try to read it and memorize it. So you're so you're literally hundreds of times before you even perform it live. You're singing I'd, it. I'd over say and over I'd again. say anywhere from between you know, depending on the song, between a hundred and maybe two hundred is a lot. Hundred and hundred fifty takes I'll do, where wow. I'm just like you know, because I'm trying to work on like a certain tonality or trying to get the phrasing of the lines like fit them in the right place. And I mean, that's a fun thing. Like I was an English major, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I I mean, I I never like sat down and wrote poetry like Lisa Starr po kind of poetry, like real poetry. But um, you know, they're like nursery rhymes, and it's fun to try and f it's like a puzzle. You can fit in, you know, these words and tell a story in a short period of time. But there's little tweaks you got to make and then there's little ways like if you got a beat this you know and you can go and like you can fit stuff in and shove words in where they wouldn't normally fit and it's just 
you know. So anyway, so I spend time game, doing, like a little logic problem. Ex- yeah, it's like Sudoku yeah. or something. Man, you know? it, it's all got to fit in there. How do you? Where do you put it? And how it, do you do it? Exactly. How'd you feel after that first show? Uh, Did you just well? <laughs> I was also. I think I was like fifty pounds heavier. I was in bad shape at that time, so I was sweating. I was like, I had a rough time because you know you got to jump around and you know you act like an idiot. And uh, physically, I was. I was very tired. And you did you wear was it the two piece leisure suit type thing? You yeah, know, like you didn't the, wear the jack the polyester suit. I did. Oh, you did. I did. All yeah. right, because I remember you having the what do they call them the old running suits? Oh, I the, have those. Those were yeah, those, still brown and orange. No, no, I had a green one and a red one. Okay, I still have them, but they're in the in the. I don't wear them anymore. And do I recall a pipe? Yeah, the pipe was part of the, the <laughs> shtick in the beginning, but and, gone. Well, I still have it. I just, you know, it's another. It's just another thing to carry around at this point. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. But the bling's still there. The pot leaf bling, and that's the first one that I ever bought. I got it at like one of those kiosks in, in the, the mall in the Holyoke Mall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's got to have some bling. That's right. And then it broke because it was like a twelve dollar piece of shit. And Jeff's <laughs> wife, Trace uh, Stacy, uh, my DJ's wife, uh, like took it and put a diesel little lock on, you know, re- she repaired it basically. So it's the, still the original bling. The original one from the kiosk. Yes. Yeah, I wondered who bought those. <laughs> I, guys like me. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. Can I get a grill? Yeah. 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 No. 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 Face tattoos either. No. no I'm not, not doing that whole thing. Nah. No, why would fuck you? That Don't want to Mike Tyson it up. Nah. Yeah. Nah. There's something about that. You can't put it away. You can take the bling off. Yeah. But you you can't take, you know. You can't take the face tattoos off. Tattoo of a bong on your cheek. Yeah. And it'd be there for, you know, forever. Yeah. Well, so... Now let's move forward. So, how do you feel the career is evolving? I, we're gonna we're gonna get to what's coming up. Career. Did you take a break? That's hilarious. Well, career. it's a career. It's ten years later. You're still doing it. Yeah, I am. Well, here's the funny thing. So, uh, obviously, you know when. Um, so we had Katie and I already had been operating Captain Nick's and, since 2010. So this came along, you know, and when we had started, when we were already involved in that. But then in 2014, we took over the Mohegan and the Harbor Grill. Right. So. Life got pretty busy, so it kind of I had to. I didn't really do a whole lot, no, creatively in the first couple of years anyway. And I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. I was like, well, this thing will probably just die, you know. But it didn't. Like people kept in touch on Facebook, and I would still do a shows a show here and there, and people would still come, and um, you know, people were still like discovering the videos too it was like right. you know people like the western mass things kept getting passed around so uh well, and that's the thing about stuff you put up it's eternal like this like the podcast it's eternal i yeah. mean we had even during the three months that we were not dropping any new episodes or two months whatever it was you know we still had 10 or fifteen thousand new downloads exactly. people discovering it as they yep. as they come yeah so that happened and like it didn't it just it it wouldn't die yeah (laughs) and and, you know you said the workload i mean that's um if you run like a race you go home and you just crash for a few hours you know you you lay down and that's what the season on block island can be like especially if you're running three places well yeah you you probably get done and a a month of r&r goes by before you know it yeah and then it's christmas that's why i find the winters are like yeah all of a sudden you're like all right what can i do with this free time and it's like wait in eight weeks i gotta start hiring and getting ready for the next season you know it doesn't it the winter break is not it's very not long. A, it's not really a winter break when no. you're doing that and no. it's like it's really it's the it's after columbus day and it's up to thanksgiving you have a month really to completely shut your brain off well 
and that's why I said, like, I think that month, you know, it really, uh, it really happens, yeah. you know, fast. Yeah. It's, it's by the time you take a breath and you feel like caught up and you feel like tackling something new, you, the new right. thing you got to tackle is the next season coming. Yep. And that's the point because beyond that, when, uh, you know, for me anyway, like this creative, the songwriting process and the creative pro- and recording and producing the music, you know, you can't just, it, it's not like the kind of thing for me anyway, where I can go in for like three hours and be like, okay, I'm going to be creative now. It's like, I need a period of time with nothing else on my mind where I can like, just be, you know, let right. those weird thoughts go or but, have the freedom to stop and be like, Oh, I just got, I'm feeling it right now. I yep. got to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm heading down to the library. No, I'm just kidding to the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I just didn't have that. You yeah. Know? Right. That, that headspace wasn't available to me. So, so, but it's coming back now. You know what? Listen, speaking of, uh, running businesses on yeah. Rock Island, we got some sponsors. So Dr. Westchester is, and I'm going to sit you in the waiting room while we listen to our sponsors. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, here's a great activity you don't want to miss on your next visit to Block Island. Exploring the Great Salt Pond in a kayak from Fort Island Kayaks. The Great Salt Pond is one of Block Island's true gems, and I would say one of the most beautiful harbors in all of New England. Now, I know I said kayak, but Fort Island Kayaks has stand-up paddle boards, Hobie pedal boards, as well as kayaks in all different sizes. I'm pretty sure they've even added the triple-seater and a peekaboo glass-bottom kayak. You can rent by the hour, half-day, full-day, or even an entire week. Explore the hidden coves of the pristine inner ponds. Find your own little spot to take a dip or soak up some sun. There's spectacular scenery around every bend, and you will get some views of the island that you really can't see any other way. Whether you're flying solo or with the whole family, make sure this is one on your to-do list. Oh yeah, here's a tip. If your group is six or more, you definitely want to reserve in advance. Fort Island Kayaks is operated by our friends over at Block Island Fishworks and is located right next door. For rates, availability, and reservations, visit their website at bifishworks.com or give them a call at 401-466-5392. So, Mark, I wonder if that glass bottom kayak, you could find maybe Captain Kidd's treasure or something. Ooh, that's exciting, right? You could uh, turn your afternoon into a treasure hunt. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Those pedal boards look really cool, too. A bicycle on the water. What will they think of next? Ugh, modern science. Captain Nick's Rock and Roll Bar is Block Island's premier night spot and live music venue, bringing only the best in summertime entertainment since 1976. Monday nights are still groovy, so dress in your 70s best for disco night. Then get ready to sing along on Tuesdays and Wednesdays with Neil Haven's Dueling Pianos. Friday and Saturday nights, Captain Nick's features the best cover party and tribute bands in New England. And don't miss the legendary Captain Nick's Sunday Fun Day with the Young Guns from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. on the deck. Captain Nick's is proud to feature its new food menu seven days a week from 4.30 to close, which means late night grub until 12.30 a.m. seven days a week. Lunch is served Thursday through Sunday at noon. And if you're looking for the island's best mudslide, Nick's is also the spot for afternoon fun when you come off the beach with great acoustic entertainment outside on the deck. Captain Nick's Rock and Roll Bar, 34 Ocean Avenue, right across from the Block Island Grocery. Visit CaptainNick'sBI.com for all information. Hey, Mark, who are you most excited to see this summer at Captain Nick's? I always love the Blushing Brides, the Rolling Stones tribute band. You almost feel like you're looking at the real Mick Jagger. All right, who wouldn't love to live on Block Island? It's like a little slice of heaven right here on Earth. So whether you're just looking to get away or considering making Block Island your home, be sure to stop by Lila Delman Compass and say hello to Rosemary. She and her dedicated team can help find the perfect home to suit your new island lifestyle. 
Lila Delman Compass has a long history and legacy across the state of Rhode Island as being the top real estate firm for over 57 years. So far this year, they are the number one firm on Block Island, leading the luxury real estate market statewide. Rosemary Tobin of Lila Delman Compass is ranked as the number one agent on the island this year. From selling the highest priced property on the island to helping first-time visitors find the perfect rental, Rosemary does it all. The next time you get off the ferry, stop by their office on Dodge Street around the corner from the National Hotel. Their knowledgeable team is happy to answer any questions about the island and help with any of your real estate needs. You know, Mark, I got to say so many people ask me about Santa Block Island and I tell them, you know, one of the best experiences is renting a house. Absolutely. Know? Come out with your family and uh, just spend the week. There's nothing better. Yeah. And it's great to split a nice big home with a couple of families, good friends. And even though uh, I'm still a few years away from being able to afford a house on Block Island, when I am, I'm going straight to Lila Delman. Discovering the hidden gems of Block Island is one of the greatest parts about visiting. While the Atlantic Inn is far from hidden, it is most certainly one of the gems. Perched at the top of High Street, the Atlantic Inn offers stunning views of Old Harbor, Crescent Beach, and all the way back to the mainland, or America, as we like to call it. But views aren't the only thing that make this gorgeously maintained Victorian beauty one of Block Island's must-see destinations. Well-appointed yet cozy rooms offer guests all of the relaxation they need after a hard day at the beach. Innkeepers Brad and Ann Marthens are the quintessential hosts, and they love sharing their expansive knowledge of food and great wine with their guests. The restaurant at the Atlantic serves exquisitely crafted gourmet fare. Their thoroughly curated wine list offers varietals and vintages that will pair beautifully with whatever you're dining on. Perhaps the greatest thing about the Atlantic Inn is their incredible tapas and cocktails menu offered outside on the deck and front lawn. Kick back in an Adirondack chair, take in the view, and breathe a sigh of relief. You can tell your friends that you finally found it. The Atlantic Inn, a Block Island gem hidden in plain sight. For more information, please visit AtlanticInn.com. Rich, you know, there is no better place to just chill out and watch the sunset than the Atlantic. You sit out there in the Adirondacks and have a little drink brought to you. And, you know, the view is spectacular and the staff is just great. The staff's fantastic and the tapas are out of this world. Just delicious. Yeah. We like to have like a little glass of wine, some olives, and just kind of feel like we're in Europe. (laughs) And they do up there. Yeah. It's just beautiful. All right. Thanks, sponsors. And thank you, listeners, for staying with us. And uh, we are back. Uh, I am interviewing... Uh, Mark Scortino, a.k.a. Dr. Wes Chesterson, uh, talking about his career. This is hilarious, by the way. Yeah, it's kind of this fun. So- it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird because I've never been able, you know, prior to this, if I would say, hey, Doc Wes Chesterson, Mark would be like, who are you talking to? He's not here. Yeah, yeah. You know? Nah, I'm just kidding. No, it's you true. Know, but you did kind of keep him separate. So we just dabbled into, you know, you um, went and you, you know, you were running Captain Nick's. You had some creative time. And then all of a sudden you decided to rent, to lease two more businesses yep. to operate the Harbor Grill and the Mohegan Cafe at the same time as Captain Nick's. Right. Life got busy. Busy. Now- you know, your let's just preface this. So we discussed it a little bit, but I would have to say Doc West Chesterson in the beginning had a persona heavily involved in marijuana and cannabis. Still does. Still does. Okay, great. <laughs> Did you have any concerns about that, like overlapping, you know, into your professional life? Yeah, you know? that's why I didn't. I actually was like 
really trying to not let my name, Mark Scortino, get attached to Dr. Westchester or try to keep him separate as much as possible. Right. Because you know? nowadays you go to the bank or something for a loan or anything that might involve it. They can Google you yeah. on the Internet and this guy wants to borrow. Exactly. Needs a line of credit to exactly. buy $10,000 worth of booze. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the people that know who know me out here, I'm yeah. worried about you. They know I'm. They get around. it. They get it, you yeah. know. But yeah, exactly for that kind of thing, you know. And how did Katie take all of this? She's a fucking peach. She's, oh. <laughs> she's unbelievable. I thought that was going somewhere else. No, no. It's like ridiculous. She's been like nothing but supportive. She, she loves it. And she's my biggest fan. And she like... You know, I sit there and make her listen to like all my shit and like, hey, how's this sound? How's this sound? How's this sound? She's like, it's great. It's great. I know outward appearances aren't always the fact, as we know, but I've always seen her be very, very supportive she is. of everything you do, unless she tells you not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. And but. well, like, you know, when I do the shows, I'm in character, I'm acting up there. And hip hop artists, you know, they rub their, like, you know, you know, gyrate their hip like Elvis, you know, or whatever, you know, and they're like getting raw. And there's like, when I'm doing shows, there's some like at times like ladies or females in the front row. And, you know, I ham it up with them. And I, I don't know if I'd call them ladies. Yeah, but. whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I know. But you know what I mean? And, um, you know, she, she's totally understands it's just an act and like it's, it is what it is. But we also, when Katie and I, first met here at cat when we first met and she was a bartender and i was playing music and doing whatever and we started to get together you know there was there would be nights where she'd be bartending and she's like you know flirting with guys to get tips you know i mean that's well, yeah. what you do it's part of the job yeah and we actually she one night there was like the she was surrounded by these dudes and she was just like you know hi guys you know and doing the thing and paying a lot of attention to them and they just kept throwing money at her and i was just happened to be there and i know she looked over and caught my eye and i'm just like hey you know i didn't think and after work she goes you know she goes you you know when i'm like doing that it's just i'm it's just work right it's just bartending and, she you know, does it to me all the time i'm like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. she does it to everybody she's very good at <laughs> she's it. she's very good she's excellent and i'm like yeah of course and i'm like you know when i'm on stage and i'm doing whatever it is i do i'm just like if i'm doing the same thing you're doing. And so it was like, yeah, we both get it. And it's know? not that she's faking it. She, it's her no. game. It's her game face. Well, she's a character. It's part you're, of the job. It's part of the job. And if you're, you're one of these bartenders that is, brings your fucking misery into work with you, you're not a very good bartender. You yeah. Know? Like you have to, you have to act. You, you know, what? to an extent, if my wife's at home and she says, Hey, uh, you know, the ma- the bathroom's out of toilet paper. I don't go, I am so sorry about that. Let me run and get exactly. you some right now. Just hold on one second. Uh, and if you don't mind passing this into your friend, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's more like, yeah. you want me to go get it? Yeah. You know, you can't be that person yeah. all the time, but I, I have know. seen Katie smile. Fuck people better than <laughs> and I love that term. Cause she's so good at it. She's like, Oh really? You'd like that. Okay, sweet. Well, let me get that right for you. Hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Same. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? It's a, it's part of the, you know what people want to be treated. They they want to feel like oh, everyone, you're a friend every, right. and you're serving them and all at once like right. this well rounded you know and then there's the people that just want to feel special because you know and those are yeah. the ones but whatever anyway, they are the point of the story is that yes Katie's been nothing but a hundred percent supportive and uh, does she come to all your shows whenever she can yeah does that change any of your nerves or no except when her parents come oh when did that happen pete and linda show up sometimes and i love pete and linda they're my in-laws and they're the fucking greatest but 
you know, I'm singing about like fucking bitches and smacking asses and Some shit. Some of your lyrics may not. And there was this one. Are gig. they church cone folks? Uh, nah, not Good. really. Okay, well, that's know, a, but they are. You know. They are nice people. No, they're yeah. they're cool. Like they get it. You and know they what get I mean? That's they weren't. The they're act. not shocked. But yeah. I mean, Pete, my my father in law is like a you know he's a, you know fisherman hunter you know he's a he's a man's man but you know l- happy go lucky dude but you know still it's like so there was this one gig I did early on I think it was in Chicopee at a uh, max cap maximum capacity I think and it was a poorly attended show there was literally like six people there but yet you still have to go and do the show in front of six people and two of them happened to be my in laws and so there was oh. no like. It's just you yeah. you could hear every lyric, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and I just couldn't help but look over at him. And, and you know, Linda, my mother-in-law, is just like, she's smiling. And, and I look at Pete, and he's just drinking his Bud Light. And he's like, okay. Not to mention they're looking at the empty house going like, oh, so this is what he so, does. Yeah. Mm. And, this is, and we weren't married at the mm. time. Katie's like, they're like, you're going to marry this? This Fucking is jerk. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. Mm, all right. Exactly. Super. So, is yeah. that hard? What is that? That that empty house thing, it's got to be it tough. Sucks. It's well, for this, it sucks. I mean, for like, yeah. if you're just playing like piano, sometimes I don't, I don't care. You just play along. I'll and play whatever I want. You right. Know? And there's songs that I don't get to play a lot of times that I love to play. If but you know, if you're playing like piano bar and there's a bunch of people that want to hear Piano Man and Margaritaville, you got to do that. Yeah. But like, you know, if it's an empty house, I can play whatever I want. But this is different. It's like it's a show, and it's the I energy mean, level has to be here. You that's know. you know. In reference, not to go back to me, but what I said before is there's a, such a dynamic about going through the scene and lines with the other person Completely. than when you're trying to do it rehearsing by yourself. Yes. And that energy from the crowd being absent, I mean, because that's got to be a feeder to you. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, totally. I'm going to, some of the, be, and you know, you, some of the, one of the best shows I've I had was actually right before the pandemic, the last show I did before the pandemic. And it was, uh, February 7th, I think, at uh, my buddy Brian Kilty's place, Perks and Corks in Westerly. Yep, I know it. Yep. And um, I mean, by the, I, th- this was, I think, the third or fourth show. And I always do one a year in February, like in the wintertime there. And um, it was like, by now it had gotten around that this show was like a, a thing and you got to come. And it was like, there was actually a line, like down the street. You couldn't get in. It was sold out. Like, it's not a huge place. But... It was just like people were there and they wanted to be there and they were psyched. And I mean, I'm literally standing on milk crates so that I can see. I have two milk crates that I'm standing on. I don't have a stage. Not strapped to each foot. Just I was thinking about doing that, but I'm know, like, that might be around. dangerous. Yeah, like if could. I trip, I could really get hurt. But literally I have two, but I, you know, slide them around. So anyway, but like, yeah, the, that was the best. Like, yeah, people were just going crazy and they're just having so much fun and they're screaming and they're, you know. And we've had stand-up comedians say the same thing about a crowd yeah. you know, that we've interviewed. You right. know, the Sometimes it's just, you know, the, the same show, yeah. same routine, same, same jokes. And one room is lively and plays and gives you that energy. And another room, it's like dead yeah. fish and, yeah. you know. Ooh, and you you, know. Sometimes you just can't call it, you know. Like, I went to a show of yours once that was a little quiet. Oh, Mist, I think. Yes, the Ocean Mist one. I've had, yeah. a, I've had a couple really good shows at the Ocean Mist and a couple that were there. I mean, first of all, I love the Ocean Mist. Yeah. They've, a, they've got the yeah. best sound system in the uh, in the planet, in Rhode Island, in my opinion. Uh, used to belong to Meatloaf, actually. Big stage. Big stage. Yeah. Lights are great. Ray the sound guy there is a legend and just the coolest dude, you know? So it's always fun there. Um, but yeah, yeah. A couple of them are quiet. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the other thing. If you're playing a big room and it's quiet, it's kind of like, Oh man, 
Well, but, it you know. seems like you got through it all right. Yeah. I mean, so, I have fun, and I got Jeff up there with me. So it's like we just look at each other, and we're like, ah, shit, let's keep it up. Ah, you know. So we get each other through it. Is he ST working there now? ST's there, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in addition. Yeah. Oh, well, hi, ST, if you're listening. Love you. Yeah. Um, all right, so you kind of touched on it, but I would imagine, so that it became a little bit difficult to to run three places and yeah. can, and focus on, on you know, uh, being creative. Yeah. So was there any time during there, or was that a complete break? Yeah, yeah. And then no. just, you know, at least some thinking and stuff, and then you kind of came out of only you know you you decided yeah, yeah it happened to be as we've discussed on other times coincidental that um you know the c word came along but you yeah. had already made the decision that you you know kind of yeah made the decision to go to the restaurants at the end of 2019 thank right god and then that, and, and, did that free you up yeah I mean, it did it did and then yeah. i actually did dive right back into it i did you know but and, and I, during the break it's not like i didn't do anything right i just the the output wasn't as much as it was in the first not enough year time or two, to you get know? in the zone. Yeah. You know? But um, no, I, I kept producing stuff. Like, I still, now, I mean, I've got, Dr. Westchester, I think, has something around like 30, 30 something original songs. Um, But uh, yeah, but then, so I, I definitely started getting back into that. And then the pandemic came. And uh, yeah, and uh, then, you know, my, my folks passed and it was like just time to shift gears. And I was like, so I've, I've had all the, a bunch of songs, actual songs, yeah. written for a while in various stages that, you know, I haven't really put any of my own, I, I don't know what you, like, quote unquote, like serious or real music out there, like with a band or like the music that I've been playing all my life that I like, you know, based on like, you know, uh, Billy Joel and uh, whatever, Steely Dan and, and, you know, classic rock, basically. That's what I grew up on. You're a big Steely Dan fan. I'm a freak. Yeah. See, I know nothing about them. I am a Steely Dan. What do you want to know? Nothing. Not right now. <laughs> we'll, do, you know, we'll, we'll do a whole show on Mark educating oh, Rich on Steely Dan. Yeah, there's so much. So you, but then, and this seems really pretty recent to me, or maybe I'm off on this one. You really transitioned to anything you were doing, live music or performing, was going to be Doc Westchester. Yeah. When did you make that decision? Uh, yeah, like last year, like at the it end, was, of, at the end of two, well, yeah, 2020. Uh, I remember you talked about it a little bit, and then you're like, not little, yet. I'm, I think I'm going to yeah. do this. What do you think? It, you know, it was I'm, more like it was more just because uh, for like I guess branding. In, in in social media reasons. Well, right. People will research a band. Like, right now, if you're listed as Doc Westchesterson on the keyboard with the Blushing Brides, right. if somebody's interested, they can look up, they'll look up Doc Westchesterson right. rather than have to go through the, Another, oh, here's Mark Scortino. Exactly. Oh, he's also Doc Westchesterson. Right. And it, it cuts a, cuts a yeah. stop on the- Cuts out the middleman. Cuts out the middle. <laughs> cuts you out. <laughs> cuts me out. Cuts you right out of it. Cut me right out of there. And there, anybody you play with give you a hard time about that? No. Or they're happy? Everyone's like, be, oh, everyone's like, I get it. Okay. Everyone's like, that's good. Cool. You know, so yeah, it's just that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really just that. And it's, that's, that's really all it is. Surprised you didn't want to have two guys on Black Island be Rich Trethaway and Doc Westchester. <laughs> but I guess it kind of is. Yeah. Well, it is now. Well, you know. Now people know. But no, I didn't want to, that, this is different. Our podcast is like, that's, uh, yeah. that's, I want that to be me. Yes. You know. And it is you. Yeah. Because it's also easier to add a layer of like, you know, when you, the other reason I want to do it is because the, if you have an alter ego, it, you can be whoever you want to be, yeah. right? Like, I'm not comfortable, like, getting up on stage as Mark Scortino and being, like, this brash, you know, 
egotistical swaggering guy right and like same thing with my music i'm fucking self-conscious as anything like i'm nervous like i it's very you know i haven't put any real music out in a long time and it's like it's 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 frightening to me so i'm like if i if if it's under this guy then i feel a little more like free to like not worry about it as much i guess does that make sense well, it's, you know, I call it this certain things in life, like for me, Rescue Squad, certain incidents, you flip the switch and yes. you're, you're not the Rich Trethaway that's sitting around with a cocktail by the fire. Yeah. You're a different guy to do that job. And then you can turn up. And you, not that you, you know, that's a little different because you're turning something on that you have to do that's not fun. And yeah. then you can turn it back off again. I guess bottling it up a little bit. Yeah. So you get to step into the character, yeah. be the character, do your thing, and then step away from it. And, you know. Yeah. What, what, does that give you a... a any help in like viewing him when you're able to step back as yes. Mark and, and say, okay, what do I see when I see Doc Westchester? Kind of. Yeah. And he's transitioning now, right? This last year. <laughs> yes. We're transitioning. <laughs> it's so funny with all of the gender issues and people, you know, <laughs> all, right, all right, let me, let me, no, let me, I know it's just funny. It's kind of, yes, but it's kind of like that in a weird way. Yeah. Here's what it is. Dr. Westchester was, I believe firmly that, that, you know, it was 2012. So I turned 40. So it was in my midlife crisis. You know, oh, actually, funny story. I saw Michelle Phelan um, after the 4th of July parade because yeah. I was on the float playing the guitar doing yep. the national anthem, like the Hendrix version on, on the guitar. And, uh, you know, I had my shirt off and I was like going crazy. Might have had a couple of white claws and uh, just having a blast, you know. And so I guess I rolled by wherever Michelle and Blake and those guys were watching the parade. And um, I saw Michelle, I think, going to the bank a couple, a couple of days later and she goes, uh, she goes, wow. She goes, you were great on that float. I'm like, she, thanks. And she goes, uh, she goes, yeah, I said to Blake, she's like, my God, is he having some sort of midlife crisis? Or something? <laughs> and I go, yeah, for the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> is that a compliment? I'm not sure how to take that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I did something a couple of years ago. And my wife's like, you know, I, oh, I said, I think it was around before. I'm like, I think I'm just having a midlife crisis. My wife, oh, it's too early for that. I'm like, how old do you think I'm going to live to be? Exactly. Mid, midlife to me means the middle of my life. Right. I mean, you really think I'm going to live to be yeah. 97 with yeah. the lifestyle I've led? God, I, you know, I don't want to be morbid, but let's yeah, be realistic. Let's get realistic. Here for a good time, not a, not long, a long time. time. You know, and that's just the I, way it is. I'm I've, feeling I've, you, man. I've kind of been that way, you yep. know? It's a good way I'm, to be. I, I, you know, I like. Ben and Jerry's, you know, what can I say? Dude, have some Ben and Jerry's I, when you want to have some Ben and I, Jerry's. Don't have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but have some bre- have some fucking Ben and Jerry's. All right, be Who right cares? back. Um, <laughs> be right back. All right, but then you, but let's talk about this transition, and we don't mean transgender. Whatever, it's you, fine. You, I'm comfortable with it. You're tra- but you're transitioning from hip-hop. Like, I, I saw your well, most recent stuff. let me clarify. I'm yeah, not please, done explain with to me. hip-hop. I'm going back to, I've still got more hip-hop in You here. got more in there. I'm, I'm not, like, saying the hip-hop's done. Okay. But- I do have to get. Th- so, are you? Familiar? So, what are you doing? What would you yacht call what rock. you're doing now? Yacht, yacht rock. rock, right? You okay. F- you know what yacht rock is? Not really. Okay, it's interesting. It's not a. Sp- I guess you would call it a genre of music, but right. it's it's uh there there was a couple guys I forget their names. Wikipedia yacht rock, and they'll give you the uh, origin of it. But it was like these two guys who basically started putting playlists together of all of these like classic rock, um, like bands like the Eagles, Steely Dan. Basically, it's kind of a bit of a backhanded sort of like, uh, I don't know how you'd say it, but it's basically music that straight, wealthy, white people would listen to on their boats to to feel cool. And the the underlying um, 
commonality between all of the songs that make up this yacht rock genre is that a they're all easy breezy kind of poppy songs yeah b the lyrics kind of usually revolve around the ocean or boats um and c if they don't necessarily revolve around the ocean or boats it it's nothing heavy it's nothing too you know yeah. self soul searching or anything necessarily it's like you know? a, a white don't worry be happy it's like that Oh. It's like that, but like, and, and, and there's certain artists, I guess, that are, you know, allowed, like, you know, Loggins and Messina, the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald, um, uh, who else? Uh, yeah, you know, Jimmy Buffett, I guess. So now did this, was this something you, you sat down and said, this is what I'm going to do next, you know, for now, this is, I'm going to try something like this, or did you start to write a song and it just sounded like that and you said hey this is kind of nice I, i'm gonna do a few of these i mean w- w- how did you come to trying a yacht rock I w- ha- would you say i'm sorry i got so no, many go questions ahead. Go, go, go. so prior to yacht rock yeah which is so yeah so right now and we're gonna get to what you're releasing right now is yeah. yacht rock yes style that's what i'd call it whole album pretty much okay we'll break that down in a in a few minutes okay. but you know did you was everything prior to that hip-hop would you consider all that hip-hop or was there any transitional stuff in between those there was always, uh, I mean, no, nah, it was all hip hop. It was but, all hip hop. But I mean, there were parts, you know, like I would use samples, which is illegal, uh, <laughs> of, from songs, uh, you know, but, but the samples I'd choose were from a lot of this, these kinds of songs. Like, right. Know. Yeah. So and, it was and, always in there a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, you know, modern day artists will do that now with a song. They'll yeah. have, you'll hear that. You'll hear a teeny bit of tainted love in the background. Yeah. Or you'll hear, yeah. or Kid Rock did one. Oh uh, yeah, all summer long. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that you know, hack. I love him. He's my favorite. Is he? Yeah. Look at this tattoo. I don't know if no. we're gonna be friends. <laughs> oh my god, your entire back is Kid Rock. Didn't we go to Kid Rock's bar yeah, in Nashville? Did. Yeah. What a shit hole. It was all right. That was fun. Yeah. Was, I just don't yeah. like Kid Rock. Well, that's okay. okay. You know, we don't all have to like everything. What do you think he's gonna say when he listens to this? He's gonna uh, be mad. Now, just don't let's not play this episode before he's on. Oh right, good because point. I did make the call, and I think we're gonna have you know. I, I, <laughs> um, I don't know how you could still be called kid at age, you know. I know. But I guess Billy the Kid. Who knows? Yeah. He died young. True. So you, I'm sorry, I cut no, you off. Right. So, so you would consider prior to what you're doing now, all hip hop. Yeah. And then, like I said, was it a conscious decision? Started no. writing some songs. I, yeah, but, uh, I've, I had, I've had a number of songs written for, in some cases, years, twenty years. Like, oh. I mean, lyrics and whatever. I have you know old notebooks and whatever and. So I finally went through a bunch of them and I was like, oh, well, this one isn't terrible and that one's okay. And, you know, and so there are a few songs that I had started writing quite a long time ago and then others I definitely, and then once I started dusting them off and looking at them and figuring out what the songs were, it was kind of like, and again, I'm just such a huge Steely Dan freak that I've, when, when I'm writing things, it kind of, that just finds its way in there. So, um, it just kind of ended up being that. And then I'm like, well, I'm on this track, so let's follow it. You know what I mean? You just yeah. kind of get on a path. You don't know where it's going, and then you just follow it. Well, and I imagine maybe you wrote one song that fit that genre, but didn't fit what you were doing at the time. So it got kind of, like you said, left in a notebook. And yeah. Then, and all of a sudden, you look back, and you got six of them, or eight of them, or right. ten of them. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. That's there's, exactly There's something right. here to do a whole different style group of songs. Yep. And then there were a couple that I did write from start to finish like during the process. Yeah, well, I remember you. You wouldn't return my calls, or yeah, I know. know. I, was I was like, "What are you doing?" For a while, you're like, "Oh, it's a COVID. We got to be careful." <laughs> I'm like, "What? We both, you know, yeah. we're both wearing masks and haven't seen anybody." 
All right, all right. I'm working on this song, and I need like two weeks to. Yeah, I can't. Can't be bothered with you right now. All right, fine. You know, (laughs) thanks for giving me my space, Richard. Mm -hmm. No, no problem. (laughs) You know, you have to. Creativity can be like a volcano. You can't bottle it up. It'll just level the planet. Boom. Yeah, blow its top. Yeah. So what was the? So for what you're working on now? Yeah. You know. Actually, all of it from the beginning. You know, we talked a little bit in the beginning, but the recording process, yeah. the production process. Yeah. When you when you start when you start a song from scratch, start with lyrics. Uh, different all the time. So sometimes you, you have lyrics. Sometimes it's a melody. Sometimes there's three ways. Either lyrics, you have lyrics, and you're. Oh, I thought to, that was the end of a sentence. Sometimes there's three ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, okay. you either have lyrics first, and then you kind of work on the music around the lyrics or you have a melody and a chord structure and then you're like oh i need lyrics to go into that the third way which is the best way which is the rarest way is that you just a a song just shits out of your head fully finished like you got the whole thing in like 10 minutes 15 minutes like there's a great story about um peter frampton you know uh his two most famous songs uh "Ooh, baby i love your way "Ooh, baby i love your way you know that song and um the other one (laughs) <laughs> which is also really famous that I can't think of right Super. now. Super. He wrote both of those in the same day. And he his the story he tells is great. He's like, I woke up one morning, had coffee, picked up my guitar, wrote this song, didn't think much of it, put it down, went, went to the beach, had lunch, came back in the afternoon, had another cup of coffee, wrote the second song, didn't think anything of it, put the... And then he goes into the studio weeks or months later, records the songs. They get out there and they're enormous hits. And he's like, I have gone back to the exact hotel room I was in on the exact same date and tried to recreate that process. He's like, it's never happened again. Wow. You know? So so they happen in different ways. Different ways. You said. Yeah. Lyrics versus, you yeah. know. And who, who's a, um, Elton John, uh, and he had a writer that wrote lyrics. Bernie Toppin. And he would just hand over the lyrics. Yes. And Elton would just put it to music. Right. I mean, so they were two separate people doing it, but that's yep. one road the process can take. I saw Billy Joel give a lecture thing once, and uh, he said something really cool. He's like, you know, uh, he said, your songs are like your kids. He's like, you know, some of your kids turn out to be doctors and lawyers, and some of your kids turn out to be like garbage men or whatever. Yeah, all from you the know? same family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, don't know, I thought that was kind of. Yeah, cool. and sometimes the garbage man is the smartest one. Well, you yeah, know, there like, you go. You you know, so, right. You know, I've seen that. Exactly. You know? Like maybe the one that made him the most money, like say Piano Man, might might he may not love that song. Right. Maybe he's got some deep cuts that are actually better songs yeah. technically and whatever else speaking, you know, but yeah. Do you ever feel that way? Do you have something uh, that's less popular than you thought it would be because well, it was your favorite? To be clear, none of my th- songs are popular. So I have a, I have a nice group of people who. So who what you're saying is they're very right. small. They're, they're not less popular than you thought they would be. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. that's a good way to look at it. Nowhere to go but up, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's how right. I that's how I said it. It's true. You know? um, no, but the one cool thing about this time around. Okay, so the songs, the yacht rock album i've been working on it's called better days ahead first of all and uh so this is the first time now this is interesting this is the first time i've ever actually really worked with other musicians because all the hip-hop stuff was me in my basement by myself doing all the parts like everything and uh what's that process like trying to how do you find the musician that you that's what i'm this is this has been this is the coolest part about all this for me anyway um so you know after being here at Nick's, do, booking the bands and yep. you know doing sound I've, and running the music fest. I mean, I've come to know a fairly large circle of musicians in the Northeast and around the country, actually, in some cases. 
and um and all of them know someone and you yeah, know you know yeah. yeah and so i uh you know i i started out with basic tracks which is mostly piano and my vocals to a metronome or a click track and uh i get that down and then i i know enough bass and drums and guitar to put down like a, what we call a scratch track which is you know just enough to get the song you know formed uh, and then my first call was to my buddy, Billy Mullins up in Burlington. Billy is a great guitar player who I played with for years. Uh, and, and the, the thing these days is with, you know, technology and, and computer digital recording, you can record a track, email the file up to somebody. They can add their part to it, send it back to you. So, you know, it's not like you have to rent a recording studio, have someone drive down here. Right. So I did that just repeatedly. So when I started with guitar, Billy Mullins did all the guitar work, most of the guitar work. Um, and then it went uh, to uh, Tommy Deal, who I actually, we did spend time in a recording studio to record the drums because those are hard to mic and get them sounding good. Uh, Tommy Deal from the Rymont Blue Band did the drums. Uh, and then I sent it to Floyd, my buddy Floyd Kellogg on Nantucket, actually. And uh, he played the bass, and he's the mix engineer. So he mixed the whole album. And then uh, Dan Hendricks, the guy from Fever, trombone player, uh, he assembled the horn section because I have horn parts. And um, uh, I sent, uh, you know, I wrote the horn parts on a synthesizer. Is this boring? No. Okay. Um, I wrote the horn parts on a synthesizer, just played them in line by line, like trumpet, trombone. And then I sent them to my friend, Bill Malchow down in Brooklyn. He's an arranger. So he wrote out the horn charts. He sent those to Dan Hendricks, who put together the horn section in Agawam, actually. And he recorded the horns up there, sent those back. And uh, that was the process, basically. It was... You know. And this is the modern day. I mean, so this in the old days, you would have to get everybody together and record in a studio. Yes. And would it still be tracks laid on tracks or do they yeah. just record the whole thing? Okay. Well, it, different ways you could do it. But oh, yes, generally every instrument would have its own track. But whether or not you were recording live. As well, a- this explains a lot as to why you're avoiding me this winter, <laughs> I guess. It's a lot of work, man. Well, tell us a little bit about how you're going to. Are you releasing the songs now? Yeah, you- I've already started. They're already dropping. Okay. The first one came out every two weeks on a Monday. So like uh, this ne- this upcoming Monday, there's another one. I dropped the first track, I think, six weeks ago at this point. Yep. Uh, that one's called Archipelago, and uh, that's on um, Spotify. That's the most steely Danish, I think, of the tunes. And the second track that came out was a song called A Picture of Alice. That's out there on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Now, I had a lot of um, female vocal parts that I needed. You know, I, I sang in falsetto to get them approximated. But Sam, uh, Floyd introduced me to a, a woman named Sammy Garrett. She's in a band called Turquoise. They're 
amazing. And uh, they're actually out doing shows with uh, a couple of the talking heads right now. They've, they're doing like Remain in Light, the whole album together, which is really cool. Um, so Sammy ends up like liking the songs and, and just does this, these amazing vocal parts to the point where uh, she's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hearing some stuff in here. I could, do you mind if I like just try and add some things? And I'm like, no, do, do your thing. And she wrote her own parts, and they're like these Pink Floydy kind of like, they're awesome. And the one that came out uh, last Monday is a song called Way to Go. And that's kind of like a little Eagles meets like Warren Zevon meets like Elvis Costello kind of thing. So the next track that's going to come out is called Double Agent. And that's a really interesting one. The last two tracks feature a saxophone player by the name of Tim Capello. Now, have you ever seen the movie The Lost Boys? Yes. Okay. Do you really remember it? or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You remember the scene where there's that big beach party? Yep, yeah. Okay. Remember there's the guy with no shirt on that looks like Conan the Barbarian playing the saxophone? Yep. It's that guy. Oh, really? Yeah. He's awesome. He was in Tina Turner's band on the Private Dancer Tour in the early 80s. And if you YouTube Private Dancer, Tina Turner, Tim Capello, they do a nine-minute version of Private Dancer. And Tina just makes her way around the band, like just getting sexy with all the guy and and her and tim tim's just laying out this like sexy sax solo and he just looks great and then tina's like rubbing all over him grabbing him and touching him and it's fucking great tina's top 10 cool in my she's world. so awesome she's she's have awesome. you seen the documentary i have it's great i have i yeah. she's she's uh pretty amazing human being totally you know and to be where she is now yep. and still be okay with her in know, a lot just, of ways well, this ain't about Tina, so let's no. not get down a side road. So anyway, that's a funny story, though, how I, how I found this that's guy. That's great. Tim to play, right? So I uh, the, Was they, he hard to convince? Was he all in? No. He wasn't hard to convince, but it was hard to get track him down. I didn't know where I'd find him. And here's how it happened. I was like, Dan, Dan recorded the horns, and uh, 
Jake Weiner, who played sax, did a great job. He sent me a couple solos, but it wasn't his playing. It was there was a tone and a, and a vibe I was looking for. Right, it had to be this '80s thing. I didn't know what it was, so I'm like, all right, I'll just sit on it for a little while. And then uh, I'm uh, sitting there in the in the uh, living room doing laundry, and uh, I, I had the TV on in the background, and the Lost Boys is on. And it comes to that scene, and I hear the sax, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's it. Oh, my and I God. look at the TV, and I'm like, it's that guy. That guy, Tim Kapit, that's the guy. So I get online and I track him down on, you know what Cameo is? No. So Cameo's an app, right? Where it's all like, you know, different celebrities of all varying levels, anywhere from like A-list now to all the way to D-list. Like, you know, the guy from oh, like but the first season of Jersey Shore or whatever. Hence the name, they'll do, they're available for a Cameo appearance. Correct. Okay. And the Cameo is that you pay them whatever their fee is and they will send you a personalized minute and a half long video message, you know? And you can write, type into them what it's for you can like if your friend is in love like my buddy maddie mick loved samantha fox i spent 50 bucks and had samantha fox send my buddy maddie a video oh my god he lost god. his mind right and but first i found tim there and his was like i think 50 bucks so i spent 50 bucks and i was like now tim. you have the okay to well i was like send him an email yeah and i'm like tim i can't find look i'd love I'm, i can't wait to get the video message however that's really not why I'm trying to get in touch. I'm, I'm wondering if you do studio work. And so I have the video. And uh, he's like, yeah, Mark. What's up, brother? He's like, yeah, send me a Facebook message. He's like, then you send me the tracks. I'll get them back to you. Woo! And then he played the sax. <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, so I did. That's what I did. And that's how I got in touch with him. And he's on the album. And he liked, he liked the tunes, too. And he just crushes it. And he just elevated these songs to, like, the next level. When you're done releasing all the songs online, yes. is there ever going to be a physical version that yes. people can acquire? Yep. I'm going to... So I have the first five songs that are coming out. I have, there's two more. One more coming out this Monday, and then another one two weeks from this Monday. Yep. Those are finished. Done. Done. Um, there's five more that I'm still working on right now. Uh, I'm going to start releasing those, hopefully, in you know the fall, like September, mid, late September, early October. Um, once those are all released, I'll have 10 songs in total. Boom. I'm going to slap them together and I'm going to get vinyl pressed like nice. a, a legit album. Cause I've always wanted to do that. Vinyl's back, baby. It is. And what is the coolest thing about having an album? It's the album cover, right? Remember all the great album covers? Yeah. Now I saw your picture. Have you posted that up? Yeah. yeah. It's out there. Okay. Out so there. that is a really cool album cover. Thank you. Where did you, how? So it's really cool. There is. There's a woman. Her name is Liz Lomax. Okay. I met Liz my first summer here on Block Island. Her mom used to have a house out here. Okay, right. And uh, her and her sister Charlotte. I just became friends with them, hanging around, and uh, they're just two, they're the nicest people. And Liz is a very very talented sculpt sculpture artist, and uh, 
other other things too but she has made a name for herself um doing sculpture work and she does commercial stuff like she's had some things in you know like rolling stone like she does caricatures like you know when you go to the carnival and you get like a caricature everything's exaggerated so that's what she does but in sculpture form more or less i and um but they're amazingly just whimsical and and detailed and just incredible so um Liz, actually, I think she, she just moved back to, she moved to Mystic a few years back and we reconnected and um, she um, called me a couple of years ago. She was getting married and she's like, hey, I'm getting married on kind of short notice. I need a DJ. Uh, would you, you know, do you know anyone? I'm like, yeah, I'll DJ your wedding. I haven't DJed a wedding in a while, but you know, come on. It was a small, nice, easy thing. So, uh, she's like, really? She's like, well, how much, what can I get? I'm like, I don't know. Just make me something. Make, give, make me a piece of art at some point. And, uh, so that was like three years ago. And you know, she, she would text me over the course of the last year. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'll get to something. Don't worry. I'll do it. I'm like, whatever, whatever. So when I started putting it out there that I was going to do this album, um, I texted her. I was like, Hey, you know, do you think you might be able to do something for me? She goes, is it the album cover? And I'm like, yeah. Wow. So she was psyched. So she had me take pictures of myself in the pose and do that. And I sent it to her and it was like a month's long process because, and I have extensive photos of the making of this thing, which I'm going to post at some point, but it's, it's, it's incredible. And now I get to, I get to keep the little sculpture that she made, but, and I don't have it yet. We, we've been trying to get together to like, for her to hand it off to me, uh, but I haven't even seen it. Well, you know what? That thing's gonna be worth a lot of money someday. Yeah, I don't know. It was a. That's a really cool. Uh, it's really cool looking. It like it is. it's amazing. Her it's work amazing. is something else. She's incredible. And I the way am. the picture's taken, it's like she did all that. Uh, yeah, but I. It's so funny because the picture's almost three D. Yeah, it, Pe- at least doesn't it seem like that? It, like, well, it is. It remember is. when you had it is three D, right? Exactly. But I mean, but you're not wearing three D glasses or anything. No, you know what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yes, it reminds me of the. Uh, what was it called when you were a kid? The viewfinder. Yeah, you yeah. Put the, the disc in the viewmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the the double view, and <laughs> yeah, it, sh- yeah. it looks like it's. People know. ask me, they're like, "How did how did you do that? What is that?" I'm like, "It's a sculpture. Like she, that's a. It's like a. Remember, like when you were a kid in school, you make like a shadow box for like presentations, and you do. I don't know. It was a thing when I was a kid. Yeah, it's like that. She lays it out, and it's like you know. Then she shoots it. With a camera. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy. She must shoot like a whole bunch of different angles. She and- does. She changes lighting. She, I mean, you know, she she does. She tweaks things in Photoshop a little bit. It's not like all completely just that's that. But I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a real real deal thing. And are we gonna get to see? I'm, I don't mean to jump all over the place, no, but right. are we gonna get to see these songs perform live? Are you? Is that eventually gonna be part <sighs> of the so. game plan? I hope so. I mean, so here's the thing. These songs have horn sections. They've got like vocal parts for like two to three female backup vocalists. Um, They're they're a little more complicated than, you know, chord wise. There's some Steely Danny jazz chords in there and things and parts. Um, So, yeah, I want to and I'm going to work on putting a band together to do this. I don't know when I'm shooting for like February at this point. I have some people that I think are kind of interested in doing this with me. Um, and it seems like it'll fit with some of the venues you already perform at, but maybe not some others. You may have to yeah. find some new places. My idea would be to like get a band together, rehearse it, make the songs good, get everything tight, and then go out and do like at least just like a quick little four show run. Like go up to like Burlington and play Nectars, go to Boston, play somewhere there, 
go to like Western Mass, do a show there, and then come down here and finish up at either like the O Mist or the Knickerbocker in Westerly or something like that. And then see how it goes from there. If there's interest and people want to keep doing it, great. But I mean, I may have to scale down my expectations in the band but i really i i, I want like, let let other people do that yeah I know. that's what i try to do <laughs> yeah you know, let somebody else chip away at your expectations that's, that's true let someone else stomp but don't stomp on your own don't dreams. stomp on your own dreams yeah let somebody else do that so that's so that's kind of your future plan you're yeah. going to try to get get yeah. a band together i'm going to play these some of these at one point yeah yeah i have I, to. do you think you'll keep the two styles separate so in other words would, when you'd go to perform now will it be all your new stuff or will you throw a, a hip-hop so, song in there I have some interest. I'm going to turn a couple of the, the hip hop songs. Like I have a country version of Asian stripper in a schoolgirl <laughs> outfit. That's going to like be like a barn burner, you know. I've so I've got some ideas for, on how to blend the two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because that would to me would be an interesting diverse. Yeah. Expectation, and some people might like one yeah. style and not the other so much. But right. Hey, big art. You know. Bigger artists, sorry, didn't mean to yeah. say big artists. No, that's um, fine. Yeah, you know, I used to. I get my, it. My good friend Richard would say, "Oh, I got a got a quick spot in a big movie," and he's like, "Oh, really? <laughs> You're in a, I was like, "I'm so sorry." As opposed to my shitty little movies. Well, listen, Doc, I've yeah. appreciated this therapy session very much, dude. See, I always thought Doctor Westchester was a was a therapist. Yeah, you know, no. I thought his, he was a psychiatrist. No, he probably needs one though. Yeah, but he could play one on TV. He could. You know, yeah. I've seen it. Um, well, thanks for having me on our podcast. Well, listen, <laughs> this has been fun. I'm, I'm glad to be here for your transition yeah. coming out party. That's right. Whatever. Reveal. Call it what you will. Reveal. reveal. Unmasking. Your reveal. Um, well, I guess we're going to have to wrap it up, though, because we're running out of time. Okay. But this has been great. I've had a lot of fun. I've thanks. learned a lot. I hope our listeners do it now. Now, you've got the information. Keep your eye out, because it is a show worth seeing. Doc Westchester, and he when he gets back to performing, it's great. Yeah. You got any gigs lined up between now and the, and the new album coming out? Are you yeah. going to be performing? Oh, one thing I have to... Yes, I, I have... You know how I used to do the Block Island Music Festival back in the day? Yes. Well, that's no more, obviously. Right. But uh, I am I'm doing uh, um, something called West Chess Fest. West Chess Here Fest. at Captain Nick's. August nineteenth, okay. twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second. Four nights. Four nights. Performing. Yes. And all so right. Thursday, I'm gonna do an old school DJ hip hop dance party. All right. So like all your favorite old school hip hop on Thursday. Friday, uh, I'm doing my first hip hop show of my my show. Yep. Since the, the since pandemic. Since the pandemic. So it's my first time back hitting the stage doing the doing the old stuff. Awesome. The hip hop stuff. Uh Saturday night. I'm going to go on the stage with the Young Guns, yep. you know, our Sunday band, and we're going to try and learn some of these new tunes and play them. Uh, oh. So we we may, like, dip our toes into those. We'll see how they... We're going to practice. No promises. See if they work. No promises. No promises. And then uh, Sunday afternoon is an encore performance by the Young Guns. Oh, So really, nice. it's just kind of like, you know... Well, that's all But right. it's going to be fun. But you're involved in all four nights. Totally. You, you know, as Dr. Yeah. Westchester. So. so come to Westchest Fest. When does the name start? When you step onto the stage or when you leave your dressing room? Like we said, these days, who knows? That's right. Random. It's just all kind of... Last time was 2 a.m. Thursday night morning. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, listen, uh, how about a quick lightning round? Oh, shit. Why not? Oh, my God, really? Give me a favorite rap artist. Oh... Jay-Z. Indica or Sativa? Both. Favorite venue you've performed on? Ooh. I gotta say the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Nice. Taco or burrito? Taco. Do you prefer rain or snow? Rain. Well, that's gonna do it. <laughs> 
That's it. Nice little round. Yeah. I All right. Too that hard. You know, you had no idea what's coming. You know, I figured what the heck. Throw <laughs> something at you. I totally forgot we do that. Yeah. You know, I had to come up with a little something for <laughs> you good. for thanks. fun unannounced. But hey, listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. It was a great episode with my good friend, Dr. Wes Chesterson here. And uh, next week, hopefully, we have Mark Scortino back yeah, with he'll us, be back. so that opening won't sound so awkward, yeah, and I won't awkward. feel all alone here. Um, reach out to us. We love getting your emails. I've been putting some pictures up uh, when I get them, so please email us uh, suggestions, pictures, anything. Your visit a Block Island, whatever you like. Uh, that's two guys on bi at gmail dot com, and reach out. Um, and I'm sorry, follow us on our social media. Uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and please, um, you know, follow us, subscribe to us on your favorite uh, listening medium. We're on Spotify, Apple, you name it, we're on it. So, uh, and spread the word. Tell and your friends. And while you're on those platforms, follow Dr. Wes Chesterson. Yeah, get into it and check out the new music videos as they drop. Like I said, we got a couple down, and there's a couple more coming out over the next uh, three, four weeks. And uh, I enjoy them. I think you will too. So, give them a listen. All right. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Rich. Have All a good right. one. You too. Hey, Rich. Yeah? Want to get high and listen to one more song? Uh, sure, why not? Cool. This is kind of like a Prince thing. It's got uh, Rob Davis from my band, The Young Guns, on guitar. Yeah, you're not born, yeah.